Ladies and gentlemen, return your radios to their upright position. Prepare for takeoff with America's First Lady of Liberty. A voice not left, not right, but truth-centered. Now, from the live, free, or die sovereign state of New Hampshire, raise up another rousing cheer for the doctor of digital privacy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Catherine Albrecht. And it's great to be on with you this hour. Catherine Albrecht here. Listen, I know there's a lot of people out there hearing me on the radio waves, and that's a, that's an excellent and fabulous thing. But there's also a lot of people out there who are listening to radio nowadays through more high-tech means and a growing number of people listening to radio at their convenience, not just when the host is available or not just when the radio stations broadcast it, but people now listen to radio online. They listen to radio streaming. They download MP3s. They've got a lot of ways to do it, but all of those ways have one thing in common. They rely on access to the Internet for you to actually get to them. If you want to hear this program any way other than sitting in your car and flipping on the radio dial, or I guess we've also got our caller line where you can dial in and listen to the program through your phone, and we'll give you uh, let me give you the number as long as I'm mentioning it 760-569-7703 760-569-7703 is another way you can hear the show through your telephone but a large number of people listen to this radio program and other controversial opinions and opinion makers through the internet well what happens when the government starts saying oh, I'm kind of tired of those guys talking bad about me talking trash about the administration maybe we need to shut down those talk radio hosts maybe we need to shut down all those emails and those bloggers and all of that information that's flying across the internet well that's a topic that we've talked about on this program many many times in the past it's one that i've told you i believe is coming our way only because it's an inevitability that the powers that be will be will will certainly they have recognized that the internet poses a threat to the worldview that they're putting out there people can post truth on the internet and uh, the, the the folks who um, read those pieces of information are no longer at the mercy of the mainstream media for their information. So I've predicted for a long time there will be a power grab. The Internet will be taken over or efforts will be made to do that. All right, well, this week, the big news that has everybody um, sort of chattering through those interwebs is the fact that the Federal Communications Commission or the FCC recently came out with a ruling and a decision about net neutrality. Now, a lot of people scratching their heads and puzzling, well, does that, does that have anything to do with censoring the Internet, or is that about broadband, or is that about mobile carriers? What exactly is going on with net neutrality, and is what the FCC did a good thing, or is it a bad thing? Or did it not go far enough? Did it go too far? What does it mean in terms of my freedom? Well, joining us to discuss that very issue this hour and give you all the details you could ever want on the issue of net neutrality, our guest is Stefan Kinsella. He is a senior fellow at the Ludwig von Mises Institute, and that is, uh, those are the folks who do libertarian economics. We love them around here. He's also the founder and editor of Libertarian Papers. He's the founder and director of the Center for the Study of Innovative Freedom, and he's general counsel, i.e. an attorney for uh, Applied Opto Electronics, Inc., he is a former registered, excuse me, registered patent attorney and a former adjunct professor at South Texas College of Law. He's published numerous articles and books on law, and uh, he truly knows what he's talking about. Let me welcome Stephen Kinsella to the program. Excuse me, Stephen, great to have you with us this hour. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. All right. So give us, um, you know, a lot of people, I think, have heard the term net neutrality tossed around, but have no idea what it is what it means, why we need it or don't need it. So let's start by just defining the, the, the term net neutrality and the problem that it, that it is supposedly is, uh, is going to address. I think the best way to look at it, I think the term net neutrality was actually coined by a law professor named Tim Wu, uh, who's got actually an excellent new book out called The Master Switch right now. Um, a few years ago, he defined this term or he coined this term. But the idea stems from this sort of managerial state mentality where we view the government as our protector and as regulating things and making things more efficient for all of us and protecting us from the evil monopolies that exist in society, even though the state, of course, is the biggest source and the only source of true monopoly in life. Um, so it, it stems from this view that we have these public services that the government needs to monopolize 
to regulate for the benefit of the public. And in particular, in the case of the Internet, you have these uh, these uh, telcos and other providers that, that provide the backbone of the Internet, right, the high-traffic lines that the data passes over. Um, and then the name idea, a few of those? Would, be like, would those be like AT&T? And uh, Comcast, uh, Verizon, other companies like this. Okay, okay? got it. So the, um, the, the big backbone companies that have actually laid the fiber optic cable and actually have the physical infrastructure that our, yeah. that our content moves on. Gotcha. Yeah, that, yeah, that's part of it. Now, this is a big distributed network, okay? So traffic can go many different ways, and nowadays can go more than just over the physical lines. It can go wireless and other ways. So there's a lot of competition out there. Um, actually, uh, just, just full disclosure, I'm general counsel for a company that makes lasers, which are used for the communication aspect of a lot of these backbone companies. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of intimately involved in this, in this whole area, technologically speaking. Uh, so the idea is that we need to basically view these, these providers as utilities and regulate them. The government needs to regulate them and make sure that they're, they're playing fair and they don't, you know, block access. In a way, it's similar to the government's attempt to uh, regulate so-called monopolies and prevent them from harming the consumer by abusing their monopoly position. Um, the perverse thing is that almost in every case, any genuine monopoly position or abuse that these companies engage in is because of a state grant of power in the first place, which they shouldn't have. So you have the perverse case of the government causing a problem by granting powers uh, protectionist legislation and regulations that lets a company acquire an extra market power, and then the government steps in as the savior um, to save us from this spectacle of the of the abuse caused by companies that the government has empowered in the first place. So, in a sense, it's just playing out the theme that Robert Higgs portrays in his Crisis in Leviathan, where the government creates a crisis, uses it as, as an excuse to grab more power. All right, so we've got, uh, well, I, the telephone companies originally were part of uh, the, the whole Ma Bell um, structure that got broken up, what, in the 80s? Was that when they, they got uh, deregulated? Oh, no, they, they, or? Were, they, uh, they were broken up early in the, in, the, in, the, in the 1900s, but what happened was you had a common law developing of private property rights in the electromagnetic spectrum. So you would have had private property rights in radio spectrum without the government's involvement. But, of course, the government stepped in and monopolized this and took it over with the FCC under Franklin Roosevelt, uh, 1934. So just like the government now has monopolized roads and security and police and the, you know, the delivery of first-class mail and, uh, and made everyone think it couldn't happen without the government's uh, help, and soon, soon everyone will be thinking that you can't have uh, medical care without the government's help because of Obamacare. Uh, the government took over the regulation of the electromagnetic spectrum with the FCC. Um, and, and so now we come to view this as a public good that the government has to regulate in the interest of, of the people. All right. So from, from that point, now we get to where there's now an Internet and there are options. I mean, I've got a couple of um, many people have several different providers that they could choose. Some people in some geographic regions are really only limited to one. Where does the where does the net neutrality piece of this come in or the uh, sort of uh, the, the, the issues of what kind of traffic they're willing to carry? So what happens is you have these backbone providers and these other people that are parts of the Internet that provide a lot of the traffic, and some of them are in competition with each other and with other parts of it. So, for example, um, you might have uh, one company that's providing, uh, let's say Comcast, is selling to customers uh, video on demand through the subscription cable TV service, and they're providing the backbone. Now, if these customers just buy, they don't buy the video on demand, and they don't even buy the cable service. They just buy Internet access for a bulk rate, let's say, and they use these kind of bits that they purchased, this right to get bits, to get Netflix, which is a competitor in a sense, right? So if Comcast can do what's called deep packet sniffing or inspection and detect what kind of bits there are, Comcast could pass a rule and say, listen, we're not going to allow Netflix bits through or we're going to charge them an extra rate for that or something like that. So this gets people upset because they, they sort of feel this entitlement mentality that this is a public utility. I have a right to have these bits delivered to me, and the, uh, Comcast right. has no right to discriminate. Well, Stefan Kinsella is our guest. We're talking about net neutrality and explaining what it is. Stay tuned. 
We live in a scary world, and things seem to get worse every day. Yet when you hear me on the radio, there's a spring in my step and a smile in my voice. How is that possible with all the bad news I have to plow through each day? The answer is a simple one. It's because of my relationship with God. I come to Him with my prayers, faith, and love, and He rewards me with protection, courage, and calm. He meets all my needs and opens doors for me when they need to be opened. God wants that kind of relationship with you, too. To find the comfort and security that comes from knowing the God of the universe, the loving God who made you, you can start by reading the book of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament, about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. Pray before you begin reading. Ask God to touch your heart and let you feel His love. The Lord wants to save you from the ravening beast nipping at all of our heels. He wants to embrace you as His beloved child and meet all of your needs. Give Him a chance to do it. Read the book of Matthew today. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. Is it really possible to get out of debt without payment plans or attorneys? 18 years ago, we developed a program that has made thousands debt-free in just 90 days. It's called Zero Debt in 90 Days, and it works for all credit card debt, medical bills, even collection lawsuits. When I first joined, I was being sued, so I used the program methods. And after filing one piece of paper, the collection lawsuit was dismissed. With zero debt in 90 days, your success is guaranteed in writing. There is no other program of its kind. Don't be alone when creditors gang up on you. Let our team of experts provide the resources to fight back and stop creditors in only 90 days. Guaranteed. Prevent wage garnishments, bank levies, and stop collection calls with our proven program. Call Zero Debt in 90 Days now, 800-477-9256. And ask for free information from an expert who also completed our program. 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com 800-477-9256 or ZeroDebtGuaranteed.com Warning for all Gulf Coast disaster survivors. Be aware that dangerous gases are in the air you breathe. Benzene, hydrogen sulfide, methylene chloride, and Corexit 9500. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. For all Gulf Coast residents and all who want to be healthy, HempUSA.org brings you a new formulation of microplant powder with lactobacillus acidophilus. Rebuilding your immune system while detoxing the rest of your body. Pulling out positive toxins, heavy metals, viruses, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Microplant powder will help eliminate these dangerous chemicals from the body used in the Gulf cleanup. At HempUSA.org, we want you to try our number one selling detox product, Microplant Powder. Call and order at 1-908-691-2608. 1-908-691-2608. Or visit us at HempUSA.org today. Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing Hey, we're back. Catherine Albert here with our guest, Stephen Kinsella, Senior Fellow at the Ludwig von Mises Institute, Hardcore Libertarians over there, and uh, getting kind of a libertarian view on the whole issue of net neutrality and regulation 
of the telecom, the telecommunications companies. We used to think of them just as phone companies. Now they've become essentially data providers They or data transmitters. They take information, whether that's a phone call, which now most of those are digitized, whether that is an email, which is also digital, or whether that's information passing between a website and your computer screen. It's all passing through the same network. Those telecommunications networks carry cell phone calls. They carry all of the Internet, and all that stuff has to somehow get from point A to point B for the whole system to work. There's a handful of companies that now provide those services, and the whole net neutrality issue is really about deciding, uh, or the Federal Communications Commission, deciding to what extent they will regulate those industries or not. Now, uh, Stefan, I I get the sense just based on what I know about uh, the Von Mises Institute and also uh, based on our conversation up until this point, that you are arguing for a a free market, for an open market in which if, if I'm Comcast and I don't want Netflix traveling across my Uh, network, then I should have the ability to charge whatever I want or maybe uh, reject that traffic outright altogether? Is that kind of the libertarian position on this? Yes, that would be the position, but it it, it derives from a view of law as being uh, designed to protect property rights and to achieve justice. So what's happened is in our technocratic state, in our state where we have democracy and laws are being made arbitrarily by edict of the government and every you have special interest groups fighting against each other, we tend to view law as whatever we can, you know, get the government to issue in our favor. Uh, and then you start having all these arguments about, um, well, w- wouldn't it be better if we had it this way? Wouldn't it be nicer if we could do it this way? Wouldn't it be uh, – sh- shouldn't companies be, be fair? Shouldn't – should they compete in this way? So you stop thinking in terms of property rights and justice, and you start thinking in terms of how you would do things if you were a dictator. Um, and this is what you have. You have you have the government coming in and assuming control over the economy. So right now you have like an almost anarchistic or chaotic situation in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, you talked about the Internet being, you know, con- con- connecting bits of data from person to person. What happens, um, not to get too technical, but you have basically a, a, a file of data that needs to be transmitted. It gets broken up into lots of little bits. They all race around the Internet along different paths. They get assembled together at the other end, so they don't all have to go the same path. Um, there's not like any central hub they all have to go through. So if any little central hub of it becomes unavailable, you can reroute, you can route around it. Um, and so the idea is that Property rights are paramount. If someone doesn't want to do business with other people, they don't have to. The problem is giving them too much of a monopoly position in the first place where they can have too much of an effect on the Internet. So the government comes in. It grants these carriers. Now, this is over decades of regulation and protectionist legislation, intellectual property law, pro-union legislation, the minimum wage law. Uh, the FCC itself, all these these laws which basically hurt small companies and hurt competition and give rise to monopolies. Then the government comes in and says, look, these monopolies are terrible. We need to curb the effects of the monopolies that we've created. The solution is not to give the ultimate monopoly, which is the government, more power to come in and regulate. It's to take away the government's power in the first place. Well, let me ask you this, Stefan, because I, this this comes up in so many other contexts, and especially something of of the size of a utility or something that certainly feels like a utility, I think, for most of us, which is the issue of economies of scale. Uh, if if I and a couple of my friends said, you know, I, I really don't like Comcast policies, which frankly I don't. Um, I don't like AT&T's policies. Comcast recently came out with a policy saying that they will actually monitor your traffic. If you're a Comcast user, they'll actually monitor your traffic for marketing purposes. And that's that's repulsive. That should That's wrong. That should not, as, as a consumer, I don't want to participate in that. And so my first response when my husband was talking about this, I said, well, we got to dump them. I don't want Comcast. You know, they. I don't want them monitoring our traffic. And he Correct. said, well, we don't have an alternative. There, there's really nobody else out there. So let's say that now at that point he and I look at each other and we say, well, why don't we just become an Internet service provider? Why don't we create our own little backbone and go out there and do it? Well, nowadays we really would not be in a position to compete with them without an investment of, of tens or even you know hundreds of millions of dollars 
to be on a level to, to be able to create that kind of an infrastructure and that kind of a backbone. So the problem that you get into, and I think where the tension lies here, is that you've got these, these, these companies that do have a monopoly, and you could argue that it's because the government has granted them uh, you know, certain privileges, and I would agree with that. But you could also say it's because of the economies of scale and the barriers to entry that prevent open competition on something of that size and scale. You know, I can compete with the Whole Foods. I can open up my little Ma and Pa supermarket, and even if I do that, I'm going to have a very hard time striking the kind of, of large bulk discounts that those guys can get from my suppliers. Mm-hmm. But it, I could at least try. I can't really do that if, if what I'm really competing with is the existing Internet to get an email from New Hampshire to California. Correct, yeah. No, I agree with that, but the thing to remember is that like the barriers to entry that you mentioned, uh, these are basically raised, they're not all raised by economies of scale. They're raised by the government itself giving protectionism to these larger companies. Take intellectual property, for example, the, the way this works. Uh, the larger companies have all these uh, ways of, of, of just hammering these smaller companies using copyright and patent law, and so they are able to keep their monopolies up. So this is because of the government's intervention in the market in the first place. So we just have to realize that the problem is caused by the state. And if you turn to the state to solve your problem, you're sort of going back to the source of the problem. Well, you know, um, as, a, as a fellow libertarian, I, I can agree with you that a lot of these problems are caused by the state. But the the other thing that I would say is I think not not all of them are caused by the state. And I think even if you removed the, the state barriers to entry or removed any regulation whatsoever, you would still probably find over time that a handful of big, rich, powerful players would still be controlling the Internet. I mean, that, that's that's what it would wind up to, even if the government completely, even if we lived in an anarchistic society with, with very little government at all, or, or a government that adhered to libertarian principles of saying, you know, our, our job here is to make sure that you you don't uh, harm other people uh, physically or harm their property rights. So so that's a big question. I think for for many people who feel that they don't have options when they're looking at uh, a nasty practice by one of these telecommunication companies, they feel truly helpless. And there really is an enormous power disparity between a Comcast and a customer that is going to be really difficult to to route around. I mean, it's going to be tough. So. Uh, you know, as, as a consumer activist, I've been saying for years that the answer is consumer action, that we need to sort of create our own block of power and exert that in the marketplace. But that's really not what's happening today. So let's talk about uh, that more when we come back. 1-800-259-9231 is the phone number if you'd like to join the conversation and ask a question of our guest, Stefan Kinsella of the Ludwig von Mises Institute. My email address, if you'd prefer to write your question, is kma at spychips.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Are you tired of police, judges, and bureaucrats using traffic tickets and other regulatory traps to trick you out of your hard-earned money? Are you sick of fraudulent bankers rigging mortgages and using the foreclosure process to steal your home? You need to visit bestfreedomtools.com. Act now to get an amazing free catalog and free DVD packed with vital information to give you the upper hand against these so-called authorities. You will learn how to overcome all traffic fines, how to stop judges in their tracks, and how to effectively combat penalty notices of all kinds without paying a penny. All the information you need to regain your health, wealth, and power is yours at bestfreedomtools.com. To get your free catalog and free DVD, call 800-880-9976. 
That's 800-880-9976. Or visit bestfreedomtools.com now for your free catalog and free DVD. Bestfreedomtools.com, giving you the information you need today. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. What one food can help you to lose fat? Build lean muscle, improve immune function, improve blood sugar and mood, support normal blood pressure, detoxify, reduce inflammation, and increase endurance. This one superfood in nature comes from unheated whey protein powder from grass-fed cows. Of all the whey protein powders on the market, there is only one that is both unheated and from grass-fed cows. It is called One World Whey. It is well known that the support of your entire body's repair from whey protein powder is superior to milk, eggs, meat, or any vegetarian protein. One World Whey can offer you a real boost in your health and well-being. If you'd like more energy or want to lose fat or gain muscle, or if you want to feel better or have more endurance for work or play, then try One World Whey. It comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. Catherine Albrecht here. CatherineAlbrecht.com is the website. That's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. Albrecht, A-L-B is in boy, R-E-C-H-T. CatherineAlbrecht.com. If you're in your car and you don't have an opportunity to write that down, you can always go on to our favorite search engine around here, the private alternative to Google. Of course, Google logs everything you search for and uses that in some uh, pretty disturbing ways. They've created the largest dossier of personal information ever amassed about individuals simply on the basis of the web searches that we type in there. Uh, the largest dossier of personal information on individuals ever amassed in the history of civilization. If you don't want to take part in that, please switch to startpage.com, the world's most private search engine. Or if you can't get over your Google addiction, Startpage is beta testing a Google analog that will actually search and return actual Google search results at startingpage.com. That's S-T-A-R-T-I-N-G, G for Google, startingpage.com. And when you get there, simply look up Catherine Radio, and within that first page of search results, you will find the link to this website, katherineaubrick.com. When you get there, that's where you can find information about our sponsors, mypillow.com for the best sleep of your life. And uh, I just put in a purchase for three pillows for the three people who work on this radio program. 20% off the uh, the price there, and that is KMA or SLEEP are the coupon codes for that. MyPillow.com, also Shentrition at GetShen.com. I am about to place my order. In fact, as soon as I get off the air, I'm going to be placing my order for a year's supply of Shentrition to be automatically delivered to my pastor. We did that for him last year, and he has been much, much healthier this year, and I'm glad of it. So he's not missing as much church, and I'm having a better 
Sunday morning from this point out. So we're taking some of our tithing money and putting down uh, $43 a month for an auto delivery to my pastor. You may want to do the same for someone you love and care about. This Christmas, there is still time. Go to GetShen.com, coupon code KMA or Spy Chips. The other one's KMA or Sleep. Just remember, KMA, it'll work at all of our different uh, sponsor websites to get your Shentrition. There is still time to get in on that deal until Christmas time. All right. Uh, also, while you're on the website, the Archives and Guests link will link you to the MP3 program of this particular hour of radio. Also, all the hours of radio we've done going back almost four years. And thanks to the diligent efforts of Karen, our archivist, who now is getting a good night's sleep on her my pillow. Uh, Karen writes up every description and puts all the links to all of the things that we talk about right up there at KatherineAlbrecht.com. That's usually posted within about an hour after the show is over, and you can download the MP3 file there as well. All right, getting back to our conversation with Stefan Kinsella, we're talking about the net neutrality issue, the FCC's recent ruling, what it all means, and uh, having kind of a good-natured sort of back-and-forth about where where the problem lies with these enormous monopolies. Stefan, before we uh, continue that conversation, let, let's I, I realized we haven't really gotten into the FCC's decision, so so let's kind of switch gears just a little bit and talk about that. The FCC this week came out with a decision saying that they are going to regulate uh, these these large telecommunication companies to to implement uh, watered down versions, some say, of net neutrality. Can you explain to us exactly what the FCC did? Well, my understanding is uh, I think it was actually yesterday that they made their their decision, uh, but they they've actually haven't released it as far as I've seen it yet. It's, it's, it's it's secret until they can answer some internal challenges. So the, the fact that they have decided it has been leaked, uh, and it's got three parts to it from what I understand. One of them is transparency, ironically enough, uh, because they're not being transparent about their entire decision process. Um, so part of it is transparency, forcing these companies to basically do consumer protection things like, you know, divulge how they're going to charge you for overages and things like this. Uh, the other one has to do with discrimination, that is discriminating among bits. So in other words, they can't charge you more um, for one type of bits than another if it's unfair. And then another would be blocking, like so in the example we gave earlier, um, if uh, Comcast wanted to block traffic from Netflix, they couldn't do that, or they couldn't use that threat to negotiate something from Netflix. So basically it's the government coming down and telling these companies how they can use their own private property, how they can do business uh, with consumers. All right. Now, I want to get into just just um, uh, one piece of that that you talked about. And the, we, we talked about blocking traffic, maybe saying, hey, I, I really don't want Netflix moving over our network. I'd really only rather provide email services, for example. Um, but, but I think a more interesting one has to do with the mobile phone providers uh, or the companies that make money off of providing phone services not wanting to have their Internet arms used for transmitting voice over IP or other forms of Internet telephone services. And that, that's been a real bone of contention because some of these companies would say, well, hang on a second, I'm AT&T or I'm Verizon or I'm whoever, and I've got this, this perfectly good phone service that I want people to use. Why is it that I should be forced to allow those customers of mine who have Internet access through my my um, you know, I'm their ISP. Why should I allow them to use voice over IP using my network to run competitive systems that essentially cost me business as they're doing voice over IP and other forms of Internet phone calling? And so they've actually talked about doing the deep packet inspection, doing the sniffing, trying to figure out what kind of traffic is being generated through their networks and then charging more for certain kinds of traffic uh, or blocking it altogether. So I think that's the question. And this FCC decision, if I understand correctly, has actually said that they will not be able to do that. Is that Do I have that right? Well, we're not sure if they will be able to or not, but they're going to be under scrutiny by the FCC now. The FCC will have the authority to decide it. So this is their power grab. So now they're saying we're going to be the police. On the internet, and and you'll notice the the timing of this is uh, is kind of strange because just in the last week or two, the they've announced this privacy bill of rights the government's going to enforce to protect us on the internet. When the federal government is one of the biggest uh, threats to our privacy online, with all of these uh, child porn laws and the WikiLeaks attacks, um, 
with spam laws and all all these all, all the laws the federal government's pursuing. So the government basically is, 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 is has amazing hoodspots that come in and assume they're going to be our protector. Um, the, the problem with this entire paradigm is that there's a mentality. No one has clear a clear idea of who owns anything, and there's there's this entitlement mentality among people. I agree with you. Like the example you gave of the alternative to Google, consumer action is the best way to fight an abusive practice by a company or a provider. But if you turn to the state, which usually causes these problems or exacerbates them, it's only going to get worse. Well, there, there's the only place that I, that I have to say I disagree with you. I do believe if you turn to the state, it's going to get worse. But I don't think you can blame the state, for example, of the fact that Google now now runs about 80% of Internet searches and is abusive to the people who use their service. I, we, I, I don't think we can say that that's the government's fault. Um, you, you may be right about that, although it, it, it would be interesting to try to untangle the intellectual property aspects uh, and see how Google's power is supported by intellectual property law, which is another state artificial uh, interference in the market. Uh, but as you mentioned, it's easy to get around Google. Just don't use Google. You can use these, these other alternative websites. Well, I can use StartPage or StartingPage.com if I don't like Google, and you know the challenge there is just letting people know about it and having people get out of the mindset if I must use this giant uh, monopolistic corporation, but it's a little bit tougher for, say, my husband and me. We look at each other, we say, well, we don't want to use Comcast. They're spying on us. In the same way we looked at each other and said, we don't want to use Google. They're spying on us. We said, okay, well, there's this little struggling company called AixQuick over in Europe, and let's use them instead. And now I'm, I'm actually an executive with the company trying to grow the company so that they can actually compete effectively in the marketplace. I can't do that, though, with Comcast. I can't say, well, let's find a little struggling company uh, to compete with Comcast, and I'll become an executive with them, too, and then <laughs> we'll try to you know, compete Correct. with the Internet, there, there's really not an alternative to that. And so I feel like on some level I, I've got two options as a consumer. I can either put pressure on a company to behave itself, which is why we've protested outside of Walmart stores, for example. I don't know how, you, how much you know about my background, um, but I've done numerous protests outside of stores and other places to say, don't like your policies, going to bring attention to them and shame you into behaving yourself. Or I can find an alternative, and neither of those options is going to help me with my particular problem with Comcast. And I think it's at that point that in desperation people say, all right, government, you know, I don't like you, you're, you're poison, but maybe, maybe that's my only alternative. So let me let you address that when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Stephen Kinsella. Is it a conspiracy if it's all true? There's no denying that we live in a surveillance society. Homeland Security wants to ask me some questions. The power to control and monitor every human being on the planet. I don't know how they knew all about us. Government will take more and more of their rights away from them. One major world crisis away from having a totalitarian type system. From Cloud 10 Pictures, the producers of Left Behind the Movie, Shadow Government. The main event is the, the wholesale destruction of the world. The push for every nation on the globe to identify and number all of its we are warned of such a global system. The bad guy might today be Al-Qaeda and it might tomorrow be Baptist. The great experiment that was once America has been prostituted by special interests. Evil exists. All they're thinking about is, oh, government, do something, protect me, save us from all of this. We are living in the last days. Signed copies available at KatherineAlbrecht.com. Click on products or call 1-800-END-TIME, E-N-D-T-I-M-E. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. 
Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta-cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. Probably the worst thing you can do for your kids is raise them watching television, TV. I, I have to say, when I when I distinguish between the people who are awake and those who are <laughs> a little bit clueless, probably the easiest dividing line is how much time they spend watching television. So just a little reminder there from Jack Johnson, that particular song, Turn That Thing Down, having to do with the TV. Certainly not the radio. I think there's a whole lot of tremendous information available out there through the radio. And maybe that's because, as we're talking about uh, with our guest, Stephen Kinsella, we're talking about the issue of, of barriers to entry. And radio, a lot of people can get on the radio who probably could not get on the mainstream television, not only because of their viewpoints, maybe not being those of the uh, the hegemonic government uh, cabal in charge at any given moment, but also because television has a limited amount of time available. It is a huge monopoly. If you're talking about CNN or, or CBS or Fox News or ABC or NBC, um, you know, in those cases, it's, it's kind of tough to get on there. There's only 24 hours in a day, and many times the broadcast day is even shorter. So certainly radio is a great competitive market. Lots of voices out there in the marketplace of ideas and many fewer voices in television. That kind of brings us back, uh, Stefan, to the whole issue we, we've been discussing, the that of net neutrality. And I think I... I, I Philosophically, I'm totally on board with you. Let me let me just clarify. I don't, I don't mean to be arguing with you. Philosophically, I totally agree. I guess what I'm looking to the Von Mises Institute and also to sort of the libertarian think tank folks out there is I think you, you guys need to start providing consumers with viable plans of action. You know, it's 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 fine and well to say we don't want the government to take over, and I agree with you completely. Government is evil. Uh, government is is all about wielding power, and government will wield power to further its own ends, which are not the same as ours. So I totally agree with you there. But again, I'm going to bring you right back to my case with Comcast. Uh, 
I do not have an effective solution. So my solutions are I either start my own Internet service provider, which is not going to be happening. I'm not going to become a telecommunications company. And I don't know anybody else who could afford to do that either who shares our viewpoints. Um, I drop, uh, I, I protest to Comcast. And, you know, lots of people have written letters, made phone calls, written letters to the editor. And Comcast just kind of goes on as though those things weren't happening because they don't affect them. Uh, because they're not hurting them in the pocketbook. And my other alternative, I suppose, would be to simply go off of the Internet altogether. And that's not going to hurt Comcast unless large numbers of us do it. But it is certainly going to hurt me. It would mean an end to my ability to do this radio program, for example. So I really feel as a consumer very frustrated that I am in a bad position. And if Comcast, for example, began doing something similar like cutting off voiceover IP or cutting off Netflix or some other service that I was using, then I'd really be between between a rock and a hard place because there would be no other alternative and it could mean that entire swaths of the nation could find themselves going dark unable to access certain services or perform certain things that now in today's society with the internet as prevalent as it is have become almost essential for business success or even social communication so how do you respond as consumers like me in this very specific Comcast situation what would you suggest I do First of all, I agree completely uh, with your concerns as a consumer activist. Um, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the specialty of anti-state free market advocates to come up with, you know, different strategies and ways of boycotting or uh, uh, coming up with ways to counter the actions of these companies. But I would say that from our perspective that we also have to prioritize and we have to realize that, yes, some of these things are unfortunate and they're, they're detrimental, they're they're uh, they're negative, they're problems, but we have to prioritize as well. We have to realize that you just mentioned uh, the freedom on the on the airwaves. Well, that's only because right now we don't have the fairness doctrine alive, and mm-hmm. the FCC is always threatening to bring the fairness doctrine back. Um, the same kind of arguments that you're using, which are more utilitarian or more consequentialist than principle-based or property rights-based, have been used to justify antitrust law, for example. So people say well, someone's just too big, and I have no effective consumer choice, so therefore the government should step in and start imposing criminal fines on people for competing too hard. Um, and then you have the, the absurd and obscene spectacle of the antitrust law where if you charge too low of a price, you're accused of predatory price cutting. If you charge the same as everyone else, you're charged with collusion. If you charge too much, you're charged with abuse of um, your monopoly power. So these kinds of laws will just flower and bloom if you give the state too much authority and basically give the government the power to make every action or every person they want into a criminal if they choose. So it takes us from a nation of laws into a nation of basically government edict. So I think the priority has to be we have to keep in mind how dangerous. I mean, this is an agency created by Roosevelt, 1934, which has imposed the Fairness Doctrine, which stopped the private property rights development of the airwaves, and now people want to entrust it to come in and block the excess monopoly power of companies that have this monopoly power in large part because of the government. So I would say we have to keep that in mind whenever we come up with private responses to these abuses. As for the abuses, I think all we can do, I, I think you left out an alternative in your choice. I mean, sometimes life is not perfect. Sometimes you don't have the right. The question is, do you have a right as a consumer to have a company provide you with this service? That's the fundamental question as a libertarian. So I understand that people in frustration turn to the government, but is that right is the question. Is it right to turn to the government, which is an armed gang of thugs, to use force against the company to get them to do what you want them to do? So you only have that right if you have a property right in this company providing you with a certain type of service. Now, I haven't heard a good argument for why uh, Comcast or Walmart or Amazon owes you a certain type of service. You are free to say no. And yes, you will be harmed. You will impose, you will bear costs if you don't uh, do business with them. But do they have an obligation to do business with you on your terms? That's the fundamental question for the libertarian. Absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes I think libertarians misunderstand (laughs) the relationship between corporations and consumers that 
consumers really need to express themselves in the marketplace forcibly if they're going to maintain that balance because a free market is about people being able to voluntarily make decisions to contract in certain ways and that that means consumers as well as corporations free to act and so you know if i decide that i wish every walmart in the country were painted pink with blue polka dots you know i it is my right as an american citizen to stand outside and hold up a sign saying hey walmart don't like your color scheme changed to pink and purple and walmart has a perfect right to say you know Catherine, you're a lunatic we're not going to listen to you but if i manage to convince you know 75 percent of walmart shoppers that that the color scheme really does need to change then walmart will probably feel that uh, they would be in its own best interest to do that exactly i think that that points to the right the right way to counteract these things you could boycott Walmart yourself, but if you're a minority, it's not going to have much of an effect, and it's going to have a disproportionate effect on your life because now you're going to be deprived of the benefits of that. So the only real uh, way to make change in these kind of contexts is to persuade and educate other people. So in other words, if you have to impress people with why it's important to have privacy, why it's important that these companies don't collect this information and uh, hold it uh, for nefarious purposes and po- possibly in collusion with the state. Because, you know, this this big database of information that Google and other companies are, are collecting uh, could easily be turned over to the government uh, voluntarily or by court order or something like that. Well, they so, do. Uh, Google regularly every year they turn over <clears throat> thousands of, of people's records to the government, to the U.S. government specifically and governments around the world. So it is happening, and, and that's actually, I have to tell you, that, that all of my activism is informed by uh, a book called Death by Government by R.J. Rummel, the University of Hawaii professor who, who studied that phenomenon. And so I, the number one enemy out there is government. Government has killed more people in the 20th century than all of the 20th century's wars combined. People's governments killing their own citizens. So government sure. is not only oppressive, it's deadly. You and I know that. Um, I agree it, with that, although I would say one, one thing I would, I would quibble with Rummel about is Rummel, Rummel seems to try to uh, say democracy is, is better than non-democracy. Yeah, well, his solutions need some improvement, but certainly his research on, yeah, on the actual facts impressive. about what governments have done, he's, he's absolutely right. Well, yeah. I, you know, we could go around and around about this. Uh, believe me, the net neutrality issue has not gone away. We will be speaking about it more on this program, and uh, we'll be looking more closely at that FCC decision and uh, certainly keep you uh, apprised and on top of it. Stephen Kinsella, I want to thank you so much for joining us from the Von Mises Institute today and taking time out from your Missy's Christmas schedule to, to uh, give us your views. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. Stephen Kinsella will put his website up on, or his, uh, yeah, his website up on our website at katherinealbrecht.com, and we will continue to discuss and debate this issue in the coming days and weeks, especially as more information becomes available, and uh, maybe get some other voices on as well. Fascinating topic, and I want to thank you for spending the hour learning about it. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carding to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.